fight fans, boxers, trainers from around the world. Welcome to another episode of the No Decision Podcast. It is Wes Ibarra. Alongside me is Joy Villapando. Joy, are you ready to make some rounds with me tonight? I am extremely excited, Wes. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Round one, let's go, baby. The big news from Saturday night, Canelo Alvarez versus Callum Smith for the 168-pound titles. Fight took place last night at San Antonio, Texas, Alamo Dome over the zone. Big expectations. Both guys looked very good. They both made weight at 168 pounds. These was for Callum Smith's 168-pound titles. And Canelo put on a master class. He did not put his foot off the pedal. I tell you, I I never seen a beating on a tall guy since Manny Pacquiao on Antonio Margarita. My <laughs> God. Wow. And the final score after 12 rounds was 119-109 and 117-111. All in favor to the new 168-pound champion of the world which is, I believe, Ring Magazine and IBF, um, Canelo Alvarez. And Callum Smith, Callum Smith did not look good out there. I gave him two rounds, but for the most part, Callum Smith was very, very underwhelming. I was really disappointed. The announcers made a really good point about how when the UK fighters come across the pond, they don't seem to do well. Mm. And Canelo seemed to have a very good history with British fighters, Liam Smith included, which is Callum Smith's uh, older brother, I believe. Mm -hmm. So uh, everything seemed to make sense for Canelo. Canelo looked really good. It seems like Eddie Hearn has not solved the Canelo (laughs) puzzle yet. But at the same time, Canelo proved why he's number one pound for pound in most, if not all, pound for pound listings throughout the world. So... Joy, given what I just said about Canelo's masterclass performance, damn near shutout, Mm. what do you think is next for the pound-for-pound king? Well, there's a a couple of um, interesting choices that he could go, right? Um, Obviously, you know, he could fight more 168-pounders, Caleb Plant. Um, He could also fight Billy Joe Saunders. Um, and, you know, interesting, maybe later on in the podcast, um, Triple G, right? Uh, there's always going to be this question lingering around uh, Canelo and Triple G uh, regarding a tr- uh, third fight, right, to end off the trilogy. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's a, a ton, of, um, ton of options for, for Canelo. And being pound for pound king, I think, you know, he, he could choose the lot pretty much. For sure, Joy. And I made a mistake. It was for the WBA Mm. belt, not the IBF belt. So my bad. But he also won a vacant belt in the um, 168 division, and that's the WBC. So he got the green strap. Right. What a night for Canelo, man. And if you ask me, I think there are a lot of options for him, too, as well. Yeah, you did mention Caleb Plant. There's Billy Joe Saunders. But how about Benavidez? How Mm. about... How about... Boo Boo Andre, Demetrius Andre. The guy wouldn't stop talking with Kate <laughs> Abdo about how he wanted to go in there and whoop some ass, particularly Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders. Right. <laughs> a lot of action, I tell you what. 
it was a it was star studded. Everyone came out. Pro Canelo crowd, of course, because uh, you're down in uh, South Texas. But man, man, a lot of fireworks, not only in the ring but also outside of it as well. So Canelo has a big decision upcoming to make, and of course, Eddie Hearn and his stable at Matchroom has a lot of solutions to fill in that uh, gap there for Canelo. Mm. So uh, I'm excited to see what's next for the pound for pound king. I'm real, I'm real excited about 2021 especially in the 160 and 168 pound division right and yeah i mean there's a lot going on and shouts to canelo for after a 13 month layoff just whooping some ass to the point where his opponent has a left bicep injury yeah that that was that was pretty gruesome I, i did see photos of that um real quick wes uh so just to clarify, this was the very last um, fight for Canelo in the zone, right? That is correct. So for everyone that has been living under a rock, Canelo broke off his deal with the zone and Golden Boy Promotions. Hmm. So he plans to go on the rest of his career, at least as of now, as a free agent, independent. The zone was willing to pick up this fight. Uh, especially given that the opponent was a matchroom client in Callum Smith. But after that, it seems like Canelo will be running his own gig Hmm. in terms of promoting, in terms of scheduling, whatever the case may be. Of course, Eddie Hearn might still be in it because a lot of the 160 and uh, 168-pound contenders are under his stable. But for what it's worth, I think it's a good move for Canelo to do his own thing. He is the man in boxing right now. Right. And, yeah, he's proven why he deserves nothing but the best in this sport. But speaking of future opponents, the next opponent that I would want to see for Canelo, oh, and before I get into that, I wish a very well recovery on Callum Smith. The guy took a really severe beating last night. You know, I got to give it to him for hanging in there, taking it to the distance, being a class act in defeat, and he'll come back stronger for sure. But, again, next opponent for Canelo, I think, is the guy that we're going to be going into round two. So quick round one. Round two, Triple G versus Camille Sarameda. Triple G was an overwhelming favorite, but then again, the knocks against him were that He was coming into the fight at 38 years old. He did struggle in his last fight against Dervianchenko. And people were wondering, are we going to see the old Triple G or a very very old Triple G? Or the Triple G of old or an old Triple G? Right. Right. And the other question was, are we going to get the big drama show? (laughs) He said it's the big beautiful show. (laughs) <laughs> and I can tell you right now, Joy. It was pretty beautiful. The big beautiful show, very nice. <laughs> he had the jab going. He had the power punches going. He was sizing up Sarameda as if it was target practice, and he knocked the guy down four times. All right. Resulted in a seventh round RSC. Referee stops the contest. Mm. So a TKO to Triple G's name. But he showed a lot of promise last night. Absolutely. 
and he's been out of the ring for a while. It was a little over a year, too, for Triple G. And, man, I he's still got it. I think he's probably one of the baddest, if not the baddest guy in the middleweight division. Absolutely. Especially at 160 pounds. 21 title defenses. That is a crazy reign, Joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, there's there's a couple of things that I want to touch on. Yeah. Even, uh, even before the fight, um, I don't know if you, if any of our audience has um, seen Triple G in the pre in the pre-fight weigh-in, um, but this is the best I've ever seen Triple G in shape, uh, and that's because he hired a professional, um, pretty much trainer, to pretty much train him as a, um, you know, build his body, uh, be a little bit more lean, be a little bit more sleek, um, and. Uh, by the way, he he hired a nutritionist, I think. Uh, but his trainer, Jonathan Banks, has also worked a little bit uh, better with uh, Triple G. I saw that in the fight when Triple G is a little bit more different now. He he still has pretty good head movement. I think it's a little bit better than what uh, him and Abel Sanchez um, pretty much cooked up. Uh, but... I think he has a little bit better footwork as well. He he was able to cover grounds and distances and um you know pretty much the space between Sarameda pretty pretty well. Um there was a point in the fight where Sarameda just he was throwing punches but there was just nothing behind these punches. And so when Triple G sensed that, you know, that's when he pretty much went for the kill. Um Sarameda would throw like three four combination punches and then triple g was was just perf- uh, perfectly timing them right uh you know he would just throw one or two combinations of power punches it, it was incredible to watch um i'm excited uh i hope triple g uses this if you know in his future fights and you know bigger fights later on but um but yeah, I am super excited. This is a new Triple G that I've seen. Uh, it's very subtle, fu- subtle changes. Um, but I think they make a huge difference. His head movement is a little bit more different. I think now he could actually see the punches coming. Whereas before, he see- he sees the punches coming, but he'll just take it. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'm super excited. You know, Joy, that's some very very good insight you know you brought up some points that i did not bring up mm. so i appreciate you for that man and if i haven't already implied it i want triple g versus canelo, canelo. three so what are your thoughts on my wish list here do you think it's gonna happen do you think that this is the best move for either man given that both men are at different points in their careers, Canelo is still in his prime, while Triple G is getting up there in age at age 38. Um, what do you think? Do you think it happens? Do you think either guy, if you were if you were in either one of guy either one of those guys' heads or in their inner circle, you would you think that they would want that fight? I think there is a small possibility that it might happen for a third fight um it doesn't seem as though canelo is looking for a third fight with triple g um it seems as though he's he's very focused into conquering the 168 division um and that's not a that's not necessarily a bad thing uh but 
I think, you know, now Canelo has kind of turned his focus away from Triple G and Triple G kind of has to kind of get his attention a little bit more now. Um, when back to the question that you asked, like, I, I think Canelo doesn't really need Triple G. I think Triple G needs Canelo to kind of, you know, this is the guy that gave me my first loss. I need to beat him. I need to show to everyone that, you know, just because he beat me, I could I could beat him again or I could beat him back. It'll be interesting, right? Uh, like I said, Triple G, this Triple G that I saw was very different. Uh, the subtle differences make it make him a lot better boxer. Um, and, you know, of course, the power is still there. But Canelo has also been a better boxer. Um, and so pretty much, uh, although I haven't seen the, the most recent fight with Smith, Canelo's head movement over the years has gotten a lot better. It's a lot harder to to really uh, hit Canelo. But I think, you know, it, Canelo, I think, still would like to prove to everyone and to Triple G that he is the far superior boxer. Uh, so I think a triple fight, um, um, a third fight would make sense for Canelo if he wants to prove himself. I think he's in this mind space that um, he doesn't need to prove any more to Triple G or to his fans or to anyone out there, I think um, uh, Canelo believes that he he won the second fight pretty pretty dominantly. That being said, Joy, say that say it doesn't happen. Say Canelo wants to go on a tour of trying to beat Plant, trying mm. to beat Billy Joe Saunders, Andre, anyone that's in his way at 168. If you're Triple G, say you stay at 160. You got those two other titles, and Canelo doesn't want to fight you for whatever reason. Who do you want in front of you next time? Ooh, that is tough. That is tough for for Triple G. Ooh, that is tough. Uh, in my opinion, I think Triple G should try the one sixty eight. Um, to just try to see, you know. Just fight like any of those guys that uh, that Canelo has fought. Uh, I think that's the best way you could try to get Canelo's attention. Um, I don't think you know going down in weight is very possible for um, for Triple G. There's not a lot of big names where where he's at. Um, but you know there are some possible fights. I, I think for me, I would rather see him in a 168 uh, division, but. Again, we'll see. He's 38 years old, you know. Um, other than that, yeah, like, for me, I, I don't have anyone on top of my head. Did you have anyone on top of your head, uh, Wes? Well, why not Jamal Charlo? Hmm, the Charlo brothers? Or w at least one of them. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think uh, it would be a great, great fight with these, uh, with either one of them. But I don't think that they're ready, per se. Uh, I do think that uh, Triple G is still, you know, the the king of that division and, and the 160s. Uh, but I think it'll be it'll be a good uh, good option for Triple G. Um, I just think that there's a little bit bigger names in 168 and a weight class lower. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe you wait until the Charlos get um, you know bigger. But 
but then he might be a little too old for that. Understandable. There's also Mungia, right. too, mm-hmm. who I think could give Triple G a fight. Or should, a drug, should he uh, not? Yeah. Should he not land Canelo or a Jamal Charlo? Absolutely. Or uh, a second fight with uh, Drevinchenko. For sure. I could see that working. Right. Absolutely. Well, for what it's worth, let's enjoy the big win that Triple G had over Camille Zeremeta. Because Camille Zeremeta is, is no joke. He's no joke. He was undefeated. He, he was undefeated. He was the mandatory challenger. Mm. And God damn it, he got up four times. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was uh, watching One from a jab, fight. too. Yeah, one from a jab, too. <laughs> and I was watching the fight, Joy, and one of the ringside announcers was Chris Algieri. Chris right. Algeria, I'm sure, is a familiar name to you. Absolutely. Given that you and I are both big Manny Pacquiao fans. Absolutely. Manny Pacquiao knocked him down, I believe it was five six, times? Six times. Six times. Six times. And he got up every single time. Right. So to see multiple knockdowns at the expense of a superstar, right. you would have thought that maybe after the second or the third that it was going to be over. Yeah. But, hey, Camille Zermeda had heart. Hey, he had he's heart. A champion. He's a he was a champion, and he had no intention to lose. Absolutely. Just so happened that it wasn't his night, and the guy in front of him is a damn legend. And, I, and I'm glad you brought up uh, Chris Algieri because um, they actually asked him during the fight, like, you know, Chris has been on that position where um, he's been knocked down a couple times. Um, what keeps what kept him going? And he said, "It's that zero. You know, you don't want that zero to go away." Uh, and so it kept him going back up, and so I'm 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 really glad uh, Sarameda showed, you know, what he's about, and uh, hopefully, you know, he gets more recognition through this fight. Oh, for sure. I mean, the exposure, I think, will do him good in the future, mm. right? Because he's still relatively young. He is the pride and joy of Poland. Mm. So in the future, he will be able to bring something good home to where everyone can get back behind him and look, idolize him and see him as a hero. I mean, he was already a hero for fighting Triple G in the first place, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But, man, shouts to him for taking the fight. Shouts to Sarameda for taking the, the onslaught and being gracious in defeat as well. Right. And I, I could see a bright future for him. I, could, I think he could be one to watch at 160. Absolutely. After after Triple G. I agree. But I agree. That being said, I think that's the bell on round two. You ready to go into round three, Joy? Yes, sir. Go, Anthony Joshua. <laughs> go, Anthony Joshua. Is that yes. a... Go ahead. Seven Nation Army. The British people love doing that for their guys. <laughs> Soccer games, boxing matches, you name it. They love it. And it was stuck in my head that weekend, too. <laughs> and, yes, we are talking about my favorite heavyweight in the whole wide world right now, Anthony A.J. Joshua. He put his four belts on the line against strong challenger Kubrat Pulev from Bulgaria at the SSE Arena in Wembley uh, over London couple weeks ago so not this past weekend but the weekend before and it was it was out to be a very very good fight 
Right. Pulev is no slouch, but we all know who Anthony Joshua is. Absolutely. Joy, you thought that he was going to beat him. By he, I mean Anthony Joshua was going to beat Kubrat Pulev in a unanimous decision, correct? I thought AJ was going to dispatch him in 10. AJ dispatched him in 9. Right. Barrage of punches. Two different styles being played out throughout the fight. And to the point where Kubrat Pulev turned his back on AJ. (laughs) But at the same time was screaming as he was getting beat to tell AJ, I'm not hurt. Which could have been the end of the fight when he turned turned around. So... But yeah, I mean, that that set the tone pretty much the rest of the night. Despite Pulev, like I said, screaming (laughs) and challenging AJ to try and do some more damage. AJ obviously did oblige and ended up knocking him on his back in the ninth round. And that ended up uh, being the final nail in the coffin as uh, Pulev could not beat the 10 count in round nine. So, Joy, what are your reactions to AJ's KO victory over Pulev? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, you know, this uh, on the last um, podcast, I think, you know, Joshua, he, he has a pretty good jab. And he, was, he, he utilized his jab pretty well against uh, Pulev. And that pretty much set up his power shots, um, his big right hand. And, you know, obviously, like, as big as uh, as big as a boxer as Anthony Joshua is, like he's gonna pack a lot of power in these punches. And so, I don't know. I thought uh, uh, Pulev was gonna be a little bit more measured. He was gonna be a little bit more calculated. It, it seems though, um, he he kind of went into this approach of like, let's just uh, I can overpower uh, Anthony Joshua. That obviously it didn't work. Um, you got to have a little bit quicker hands um, to catch Anthony Joshua. And so, I don't know. Uh, I think it was a great fight, right? Uh, we got to see the greatness of Anthony Joshua. Now, there's no absolutely, you know, there's no doubt that he is, you know, one of the best heavyweights of all time. And, you know, hopefully this sets up that incredible fight that uh, that we've been looking forward to. And that's pretty much what I was going to ask you next, Joy. Who do you think is next for AJ? I mean, there's... Okay, technically, yes, he has to fight Usyk, right? Uh, It's a mandatory uh, fight next. Uh, I don't know if it's for the IBF or the IBO is whether that's the the mandatory fight. But, um, I mean, I want to see him versus Tyson Fury, right? Uh, For me... In my opinion, you know, I think Tyson is a better boxer, uh, but I I do know that Joshua packs uh, a bigger punch than Tyson. And so, you know, obviously we get this kind of classic bout of power versus speed, uh, pretty much style, you know, versus brute force. But Joshua is a little bit more of a boxer now. He, He has learned to cut off the ring he has learned to use his footwork he is used to be pretty much using his jab and he is such he is a pretty good finisher as well whenever he senses his opponent is in trouble he's very he's very meticulous he's very 
he's very careful and and he doesn't waste any of his punches when um he does send someone that his so sense that his opponent is in danger absolutely i mean if you if you notice both guys tyson fury and aj have their little isms when they <laughs> sense that their guys in trouble so aj likes to do the wide eyes right. and uh opening his mouth and shaking his head fury kind of does the same thing but he also does the the you know the tongue lick right absolutely which can be a little <laughs> which can be a little off-putting but it is what it is and that's their signal of i got you yeah you better find a way to get out of here before i do it for you absolutely right? But yes, I want to see AJ versus Tyson Fury. Mm. And yes, AJ has evolved into being a more well-rounded boxer, Absolutely. which could give someone like Tyson Fury trouble, mm. especially when AJ is more athletic than him. Mm. And he's learning from, I believe his name is Angel Fernandez. Yes. As well as Floyd. Yes. So it it can it can be a really good style matchup if they ever ever collide. Right now, that's when they get into the politics. Frank Warren versus Eddie Hearn. <laughs> you know, MTK Queensberry versus Matchroom, mm. and uh, you know the Zone. All right, right. So <laughs> it becomes this big political game. I hope we get it in 2021. Absolutely. If not, I'm totally fine with AJ fighting Alexander Usyk. Absolutely. And I, mean, uh, I don't know if this is true, but Usyk said, you know, he's willing to he's willing to step out of the fight, um, you know, for, I mean, a pretty large sum of money. But, you know, I mean, that's it's a, it's a good point, right? Like Usyk is pretty much the technically the next challenger for Joshua's belt. After that, then Joshua can uh, challenge or be free to be challenged by anyone and so but like you brought up a good point right like it's not that easy um because there are politics that play into side right um these are these guys are not in the same promotion it's gonna be a little bit harder to put them in the same ring but when they do man like you know when 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 you set aside the politics and you actually not just set aside but actually agree two sides agree on the politics it, it then becomes set, right? Absolutely. And I forgot to mention one other party, and that is, or two other parties, really, and that's Top Rank and Bob Arum on Tyson Fury's side, hmm. right? And if you ask me, this could also be a four-man race. <laughs> By four men, I mean AJ, Alexander Usyk, right. Tyson Fury, and Deontay Wilder. <laughs> And Deontay Absolutely. Wilder is willing to put a lawsuit against Tyson Fury for their rematch clause. So that just throws a big wrench into everything. I'm pretty sure. And, and you know, if I think, well, what, what, what would you like, uh, Wes? If, if Joshua does fight Usyk, would you like to see Tyson Fury just, oh, okay, fine. I'll, I'll just, you know, fight Deontay one more time. And, you know, then after I get through him, we'll get to... If he does get through him. Well, if Fury would rather have a harder path to Anthony Joshua, mm -hmm. why not? Absolutely. I, right? I agree. It's a much harder path. Because, because you know, there there is going to be a ring rust if he just sits there. 
and waits for AJ right. and Alexander Usyk. He could take a tune-up against a other heavyweight. <laughs> that other heavyweight, I don't know who that would be, but it would be, a, at the same time, an easier path for Fury if he did it like that. But then if he wants a harder path to show that he's still battle-tested, given that he's among the older ones in the group with Deontay Wilder, right? right? Mm-hmm. That, oh no, you know, if I fight Deontay Wilder one more time and I dominate him, I can show that I'm still up there in my game. And as long as AJ takes care of business with Usyk, then we're both on a crash course. We're both in form to, to do something great, whether that fight takes place in the desert, here in America, who knows? Right. Absolutely. In England, for all we know. Well, um, who would be that on uh, other fighter for you, Wes, for Tyson Fury to fight? Um, I have some in mind, but I don't even think they're possible as well. Andy Ruiz. Absolutely. That's, that was my first choice. Andy Ruiz. Um, and, yeah, I mean, other than that, like, another fight with Deontay. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's a lot of gatekeeping, mandatory challenging, and lawsuits. That's what it looks like at the heavyweight division <laughs> right now. It's kind of weird, right? Like, um, two of UK's biggest boxers pretty much living in the same country. I think, I, I, I'm pretty sure Tyson lives in LA, but eh, it's whatever. But, uh,. But it's it's weird that they're not hosting this or they're not planning on hosting this in Wembley, right? It's they're leaning more towards Abu Dhabi. Am I correct? Uh, Tyson resides in Vegas. Ah, okay. Or in Henderson, which is like a suburb of Vegas. Mm. But it is Diria, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Okay. And so, yeah. Uh, isn't that strange? You know, two of UK's biggest boxers uh, not fighting in Wembley Stadium, which, I, I mean, I love Wembley, so. Yeah, I mean, back in the 70s, they had two American fighters fight in the middle of Africa. In the in the Philippines? And in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, so... I, I, I guess, I guess. And so, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, any... I mean, this is, this is, I mean, of course, right? Like, the biggest fight in boxing history could be, and obviously it's going to be the biggest fight for heavyweights. Of course, it has to be Saudi Arabia, right? Where the money flows, where the money talks. Uh, and so, yeah, I think it's it's interesting, right? Um, these two guys seem to be fighting every other heavyweight except each other and at some point they're going to come to a dead end where they can't fight anyone else anymore and i think you know you might as well just you know fight now right when the hype is at its biggest um because you never know um you know we've witnessed that with the draw against deontay wilder with tyson fury um and then pretty much the fight with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, the second fight, even became bigger. Um, 
and pretty much AJ when he fought Anthony Ruiz. Uh, Anthony Ruiz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ruiz. Pretty much, like, no one expected the first fight with Ruiz to to go the way that it did. And then the second fight was bigger for, for Anthony Joshua. And so, for me, like, this is the perfect time, right? Like, you're... Your popularity for both fighters is at an all-time high. I'm pretty sure the promoters also know that. There's not a lot left for them to, to prove for anyone else, for them to fight anyone else. Um, there is still kind of a, the undefeated, right, for, for Tyson Fury. But again, you know, we will see. We will see. You got your man, I got mine. Absolutely. And... You know, in a way, it kind of talks to me, this situation. It talks to me of a similar situation in the welterweight division from 2010 to 2015. But it just so happened that those two guys met. One guy's going off into the sunset fighting guys from YouTube. The other guy's still (laughs) a major world champion. (laughs) (laughs) And then with this, with this case, it could come to that someday. It could. It could. I mean, hopefully, you know, it doesn't drag all the way up to five years or six years, um, you know, because these two are, I think, currently at their prime. This is the best that they've been in their careers. Um, Maybe Anthony Joshua will get better. He still has that room, um, I mean, in his age. um, I mean, you know, you never know. Um, uh, Tyson Fury still has that... um, that chance to get better but i think for me tyson fury is the best boxer in the heavyweight division and yeah perhaps um anthony joshua is the most athletic he's also the most probably the most well-rounded uh and so yeah uh this is this is what intrigues me so much right this is what boxing is it's all about styles versus styles absolutely and not to mention aj has technically the better resume Right. Given that he's fought, you know, Klitschko's, White's, Chisora's, uh, Parker's, Povetkin's, mm. and now the Ruiz and the Pulebs of the world. Right. So it, it goes to show that these two men are, should be on a crash course to fight each other. Now, will we get it? I don't know. I hope so. I hope so too. But 2021. 2021 yes but for what it's worth you know they're both great in their respective careers you know they're going to be hall of famers no matter what absolutely i I totally agree and we should be happy to have them both even though i'm more of a anthony joshua fan than i'm more than a uh, gypsy king fan Uh, but yeah uh yeah i totally agree you know we're we're at this kind of gold golden age for for heavyweights, which is weird. Um, a couple of years ago, it, it seems as though it was the the welterweights. It seems as though it was following Manny Pacquiao, pretty much, right? The the featherweights were all the talk, and then Pacquiao moved to lightweight, and then Marquez moved to lightweight. Morales went, moved to lightweight. At that time, Barrero was a little bit too old, uh, and then pretty much, you know. The welterweights, he went to the welterweights, um, but the welterweights were already big uh, at that time. Um, 
pretty much the biggest draw uh, or attraction was Ricky Hatton at that time. And, you know, pretty much fighting Ricky Hatton with Manny Pacquiao, I mean, obviously you're going to get insane numbers, especially for attendance and, uh, and viewing for pay-per-view. Um, and yeah, even before that, you know, ask Oscar De La Hoya, Bernard Hopkins, they, they ruled that division of welterweights, but I never actually saw or never would have predicted that the biggest, um, pretty much division would be the heavyweights because I remember back then watching with, um, during the time of Pacquiao, the Klitschko's pretty much ruled the heavyweight division. There wasn't really any challenger. To their um to their reign and so yeah it, it surprised me that you know now the heavyweights are where they are perhaps you know we can even credit Deontay Wilder for being for bringing up the heavyweights because he does have I forgot what it was uh Wes it's like a 98% knockout rate which is insane uh and then you know this huge superstar Right. I mean, he's got the face. He's got the figure. He's six foot six. Anthony Joshua. And then you get the the most, you know, like loud heavyweight out there and Tyson Fury. And then, you know, you you have this kid from L.A. that doesn't really fit the profile, doesn't really seem like a world champion and Andy Ruiz. So. I mean, this is why, like, just the characters of these heavyweights, of these heavyweight fighters, of course they're going to be the main attraction for the, after the welterweights were the main attraction. But, you know, I, I still think, you know, next to Fury and Joshua, I think right under that is Crawford and Spence. So, still, the welterweight is there. It's still, you know, one of the main attraction, but... I think I agree with you, Wes. This is the fight that we need to watch. Before we close out the round, I do want to remind you: don't forget about Floyd, mm. especially in that division, the welterweight division. Don't. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, in the lightweight Floyd. division, don't forget about Floyd. Floyd. And then when it comes to what to watch outside of the heavyweight division, don't forget about 160 and 168. Right. That, who we just discussed earlier. Mm. Especially when the pound for pound king is residing in both residing of those divisions. Both, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, a lot to watch, especially in the heavyweight division as well. Um, of course, here in our side of the world, we're waiting for our big name, multi-champion, unified champion from our country, right? right? It was supposed to be Deontay Wilder, but of course, the two top guys are from England. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. is what it is. It is what it is, but we still we, we still love Deontay, but we also love Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua just the same. So, you know what? Great discussion in round three, Joy, and that is it for tonight. We made the distance, Joy. <laughs> three rounds of hard discussion. Unlike Callum. Oh, <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry, Callum. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, boy. I like you and your brother. Please don't beat me up. <laughs> oh, boy. But, <laughs> hey, this was a great discussion, man. Right. Three rounds, three big names, all showed up to their respective fights, mm. took care of business, a lot for them to take care of moving forward. The big winner, I think, 
after these three rounds is us joy fans <laughs> absolutely. absolutely the fans the podcasters the armchair analysts you name it whatever you want to call us <laughs> or if you're tyson fury the big dossers <laughs> push uh pencil pushers i like to call us pencil pushers <laughs> or the blokes as uh, blokes. those guys over there in the uk like to call us the blokes <laughs> or the dudes whatever you want to call us it's all good it's all good. We're the w big winners here of, of, of those three guys taking care of business, and we'll take it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great, great show, Wes. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Joy. Thank you for taking the rounds with me, being the best sparring partner one can ask for, or the best dad's partner, as Tyson Fury would say. <laughs> and that is it for this week's edition of the No Decision Podcast. We will get back to you next week with more boxing news. For Joy Villapando, I am Wes Ibarra. Have a happy holidays and have a great night.